Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Believers? What is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline.ag. Hmm, action. Perhaps you took the Bears underdogs plus three today, or maybe Jimmy Graham for the season 2.5 touchdowns. You're already a third of the way there. And from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casinos as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag, and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, I'm floating on air. Let's dive right into our first Bears winning pod of the year. What a roller coaster of emotions, man. I felt everything in this game. This game, woo! What about you, Joey? Cameron, have you ever seen the movie Flatliners? 1990s thriller uh, starring Oliver Platt, Kevin Bacon, Julie Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland. Great movie. Pre-med students that flatline themselves with paddles on purpose to see the other side and come back and tell what it's like afterwards. And let me tell you, somewhere in the third quarter, I was watching Mitch Trubisky on the sidelines, and I was slowly watching his career just dim from his eyes right before me. And I don't know what happened. I must have flatlined as a Bears fan because I passed out and opened up some sort of Chicago sports portal where all of a sudden Mitch Trubisky is one of the best quarterbacks in the fourth quarter in the league, leading a 21-point to come back to win. You know, the Cubs throw a no-no. The White Sox now have the best record in the American League. What is going on? This portal is open right now. It's amazing. And look, the Bears got a win. We're going to dive into a bunch of it, but I am jacked. I'm trying really hard not to overreact to anything that I saw today going any direction because, man, there are times today where I thought, this is terrible. And I, I started considering going back on all of my predictions from the previous pod, and I thought, like, how... How bad is this going to look if I go if I go flip-flopping on my predictions for, you know, Mitch having this good season and him being, you know, the the, the guy to take us over the, over the over the hump if you will. And then this fourth quarter comes on and I don't know, fourth quarter Mitch, I'm going to go ahead I'm going to go ahead and coin it. Let's get out in front of other people here. Fourth quarter Mitch is a new thing. Uh, you heard it here first. And it it was magical. It was absolutely magical. We never doubted it for a second, Cameron. We all knew, yeah, MT fourth, you know, he just owns that fourth quarter. Yeah, I didn't see it coming at all. And look, there's a lot to unpack from this game. And I think there's going to be plenty of time to pick some nits. And there's a lot of things that we need to talk about that this team needs to improve upon. But let's just stay on the positives right now. Let's maybe roll back the clocks a little bit. And I think the one constant the entire game was that running game. 149 yards on the ground. Three different running backs pounding it. At one point, I saw Cody Whitehair, you know, down the field seven or, eight, seven or eight yards, you know, still blocking, you know, second, third guys. Let's just start with the running game. What did you see from there, and did you like what you saw? Oh, my goodness. Was it music to my ears? It was a sight, for my, a sight for my eyes to see this team come out and just run the ball and not just run the ball and try to do so many super creative things and get a little bit wonky out there they lined up and just ran the ball and they had some some different uh zone stuff going on they had some different blocking schemes they put different guys in the backfield created stuff with motion 
But ultimately, they just turned around, handed the ball off. They had a pitch with that the went to Cordell Patterson. They mixed it up. We got good fronts. The offensive line looked great. This was everything that I've been asking for, for in terms of the run game. I was leaving, you know, watching this first quarter and thinking to myself, this is exactly what we need to see. Offensive line looked great. Moving guys, getting a good push off line of scrimmage. And running backs are hitting holes. They're making their one cut and they're going, not too much dancing. It was everything that I was hoping for in the Bear, Chicago Bears running game. I loved it. It might not look super fancy in the box score, but I think Cordero Patterson, Tariq Cohen, and David Montgomery all contributed today in their own way, whether it was you know, Cohen running between the tackles, making that amazing one-handed grab to you know, make a third and fourth look more like a fourth and one that turned into that Cordero pitch. And David Montgomery didn't see him out there a lot, but again, in the fourth quarter, breaking tackles, getting extra yards. And you gotta, you gotta like this one. This must be music to your ears. You know, the Detroit Lions were coming up with dumb penalty left and right. And if I'm not mistaken, offensive line today, no false starts. Off the top of my head, I don't think any holds from the O-line. And also, I don't think that there was a single run that ran for negative yardage. No, they looked great. That's the thing is we, we keep talking about, you know, kind of mitigating the risk, some, you know, limiting the errors, limiting the mistakes. And the Bears came out and they just played a pretty clean game, especially in the run game early on. You know, that was all they could lean on, and it was so encouraging. It was awesome to see. Another thing that I really enjoyed about the run game is we kept talking about Cordero, Cordero Patterson's a running back. Cordero Pat, Patterson's a running back. And, you know, we were talking about if they have to lean so much on Tariq, if they have to lean so much on Cordero, what kind of rushing attack are we going to see? Is this going to be gimmicky stuff? Are we going to get all sorts of overly thought-out things that ultimately are a lot of uh, a lot of flash but not a lot of substance? And that's not what we saw at all. You know, the first time they put Cordero in the backfield, and my thought was, oh, gosh, what's coming next? What's ridiculous? They turn around and they just give him a pitch. They, you know, they set up these things that make you think and they make you stress and worry. But ultimately, they came back and, and did what they did best. And that was just running between the tackles, running off tackle, running some zone. And it was awesome. Across the board, Tariq looked great out of the backfield. Cordero, I was very impressed with his ability to to make one cut and get a – and get. Uh, moving up field it looked a lot like him returning kicks and and david montgomery looks healthy this rushing attack was very impressive and i'm i'm feeling great after week one and to Nagy's credit looked like he was calling up you know hitting the right buttons scheming up the right kind of plays i mean we're going to get into it and in a lot more when we dive deeper into trubisky's play but i think there are some receivers open on a lot of different plays that didn't get opportunities at different times as well and yeah, the running game just really got everything rolling. Now execution on third down is going to be a different story. I will be honest with you. I wasn't a super big fan of Allen Robinson. You know, we ran him on a reverse once. We ran him on the, the Trey Burton special, the shovel pass in between the tackles there. And that's not really necessarily something I would like to see from A-Rob. But again, I guess if you're giving them different looks out there, they do have to account for it. And I, eventually it does open things up for Mitch. And let's just, let's just talk about Mitch a little bit more. You know, what do you think happened? What clicked for him in that third or fourth quarter besides converting a third down, which they were 0 for 7 on to start the game? They finally hit that, that ball to Anthony Miller to, to break that streak, if you will. But something happened there. I mean, a lot of former Bears like Lance Briggs and Alex Brown are on Twitter right now saying that Patricia moved from zone to man. Did you see something like that? And if they did, what the hell is Matt Patricia thinking? Yeah, obviously there was the some some slight changes in the, in the Lions defensively, but what it looked to me was just – Mitch found confidence. You know, you you hit on one pass, and all of a sudden, things start to go a little bit better. You get that, you finally get that first third down conversion, 
and things just start to click. And he just seemed to have confidence in that fourth quarter for whatever reason. And man, I'm telling you, just the fundamentals, just the small things that we are seeing early on in the game, the things that we were asking, hey, did did Mitch Trubisky improve upon these in the offseason, that we were told that he did, that we were told that he improved upon enough to earn this starting job, we didn't see those through three quarters. But in the fourth quarter, he just looked like a different quarterback. He looked completely and entirely different. Fundamentals were better. Just his patience, his confidence, his ability to just make the reads, make the throws, and not just the right person, but the right way. He just looked entirely different. And I don't know if there was just something that happened down on the field or if it was like a Space Jam situation and he touched the ball and stole the powers of some sort of Tom Brady or whoever the, the quarterback is. But, man, he, he he looked entirely different. It was awesome. There was a Monstar situation going on there for sure, and we were texting during the game. And it just sort of looked like there was a tentativeness in that first quarter, especially I think he went four for ten out of his first ten passes. Looked like he was sort of settling into his drops on his back foot and sometimes throwing off of his back foot when really, you know, when you watch guys like Tom Brady, they're bouncing on those two feet pretty evenly, pretty balanced, and then stepping into the throw. Wasn't really seeing that. And then I got to be honest, it does certainly help when Anthony Miller starts balling out and making some serious catches on the sidelines down the middle of the field. Then, of course, that game-winning score. Anthony Miller showing up big time in that second half really turned the tide for the Bears as well. Absolutely. I mean, they had big plays from Anthony Miller. We saw Jimmy Graham stepping up and making some big catches. They just started getting the ball in the hands of all these different players, these dynamic weapons. And that's really what we need to see is these guys that can step up and make these plays, can be reliable targets. That's going to change so much. When Mitchell Trubisky, who is not a perfect quarterback, doesn't have to make the perfect throw, and sometimes they can bail him out, it's going to make all the difference in the world. But when we talk about that, we need to, to dial that back a little bit and talk about a little bit earlier on in the game before – we got on this roll before Mitchell really got on this roll. There were times where he was making the right throw, but he was making it the wrong way. And we saw a lot of that early on, you know, he would hit the open receiver or throw it to the correct man, but we see him just miss Anthony Miller. We see him just miss Jimmy Graham. We see him just miss uh, Allen Robinson. He almost got Cole Komet killed early on. And these were throws that, you know, you just expect, you got to think that he can make at this point. You know, especially when you go out there and you win this job and we're telling everyone, hey, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy. You know, he's making the right decisions, and that's good to see. But he was making them wrong. You know, he's using improper technique. He's throwing off his back foot. He seems to be nervous in the pocket. And I think that there's good and bad to be taken away from that. On the one hand, he's making the right reads. He is throwing the ball to the right man, so that's good, right? But we're expecting a little bit more. On the other hand... He seems to be making these poor throws under no pressure. The Bears offensive line played well today. And honestly, if that's the case and they're playing well and he's still making these bad throws, if he's still missing guys, and sometimes he's making completions and the receivers are falling down to make the catch when they don't need to. You know what I mean? Like even you can make the you can make a completion and it be a bad throw. And I saw a lot of that early on. So Mitch just up until that fourth quarter just didn't seem to have a good feel for to, for dropping the back, he didn't have confidence. He didn't have, you know, that pocket presence and that uh, that confidence that you want to see from your starting quarterback. And he found it somehow in the fourth. It's called hitting the receivers in stride, Cameron. Uh, Mitch should try it a time or two. And that was what was so frustrating, right, in that first half was that there was points left on the board. We put up 27 today, and I saw a couple of different scenarios. You mentioned Cole Komet right there. That seemed like a pretty much an easy conversion, and he somehow ended up throwing it across his body behind 
Cole Komet, you know, a good four or five feet. He shorted Allen Robinson on that one throw where he ended up, you know, coming up just short. Allen had to have to dive for it because he had to slow down and bring it back. But those are throws the NFL quarterbacks make, and those should be touchdowns. I mean, he missed a lot of easy ones. He missed a rollout. He missed we, – we talked about the one that uh, – I think Jimmy Graham might have mistimed, but still he's overthrowing the man. It's just frustrating to see him miss those easy ones, but he also made some incredible throws today. He's just so inconsistent. It's just – I don't really know how else to say it. It's – you see the improvements. You see, like, why, why they say, you know, this was the guy that won the quarterback battle. And when you see that, you're like, this is – this is exactly why we did this. It's crazy. It was an actual roller coaster of emotions rooting for Mitchell Trubisky today. I got to be honest, you know, I, I made these predictions and I wanted to ride with them and I wanted to be on the Mitch train. But man, Joey, I got to be honest with you. There was a 20 minute period where I paused the game and took a shower in the middle of it because I was sweating and I was mad. And I started working on my narrative for why I made the wrong decision. And I was already preparing. <laughs> I was preparing my concession speech and saying, this is why Nick Foles needs to be in the game. And I, after three quarters, if he plays another quarter, like, like he had through those first three, I would have moved on. I really would have. What should we do? Should we send Mitch a text? Should we do it in person? How, how do you, how do we how break, do you break up, up? with him? Yeah, exactly. How do you break up with Mitch Trubisky? And it, you know, let's just stay, let's stay in the positive place here for a second, you know, because you're, I'm right there with you in that third quarter. And then, you know, when he makes that play to Jimmy Graham, rewatching it, you know, he flushes out of the pocket there, rolls with that athleticism, and then comes down and hits Jimmy Graham. And then, you know, all, that was the almost touchdown, the second one. On that other play, the face mask, you know, he picks up 25 yards with his legs. You know, he ended up doing a couple of things where he just started playing with his hair on fire a little bit. There's something about him when it really is when he doesn't have to think is when he's at his best. And I get it. You can't play four quarters of football like that. But when they do flash with him, where he goes no huddle, just getting it, throwing it, figuring it out, it seems to really work out for him for some reason. And, and sticking with one more thing, you know, a little bit of a teaser for the rest of the season. It's also really nice for Mitch Trubisky, who's having a problem executing right now, especially in the red zone, to have Jimmy Graham right there. I mean, that touchdown catch was just way too easy. Just toss How it easy up. did they make that look? Dude, he just went up and got the rebound. It was no contest. I mean, I, I'm loving our 2.5 over on the touchdowns even more now because how do they not do that five or six more times this season? It was too, it was too easy. And I think that's going to be huge for, for Mitch and his confidence, you know, just knowing that he has a guy that he can go to beyond Allen Robinson. Just a guy that can just go out there and get you that five-yard touchdown. Jimmy Graham looked like the player that we were talking him up to be during – these previous podcasts when we were saying, Hey, Jimmy Graham, these tight ends, they're going to be players. They're going to be impact players. He looked good. in in uh, and some of the protections when they kept him in and, and tried to keep Mitch clean and obviously making two of the bigger plays in the game. It was just, it was awesome. And I think that's really going to contribute to Mitch having a little bit more confidence, a little bit more spunk, a little bit more swagger. It's just going to help all across the board. And you saw the way TJ Hawkinson, was a big impact player for the Lions. Now, I don't think Jimmy Graham's going to have the productivity that TJ Hawkinson does this year because TJ Hawkinson's a younger player. He's a more athletic, a more dynamic player. But that's why you go out and get uh, a Jimmy Graham. That's why you go out and sign and draft uh, Cole Komet. So you have these players that have this big play upside, and I just don't know that the Bears had that sort of productivity and that big play upside from that position. And you saw how limited they were in the passing game in the past. When you have that tight end, it just opens so much up all across the field because it's just 
a giant player who's big and athletic that you're going to have to cover. And you're going to have to waste a lot of resources focusing on that guy. Open things up for Mitch. And I just think the confidence moving forward should be should be through the roof because you do have viable tight ends that are going to change the dynamics of this offense. The arrow is pointing up with Jimmy Graham right now. You know, he missed time that one play. I think that probably gets ironed out over the next couple of weeks. They were scheming him open on the regular. So I think moving forward, definitely a positive sign for sure. One more positive sign. Is it Thanksgiving, Cameron? Because it's always nice to play the Lions. My goodness, man. I mean, some of the penalties, Jamie Collins getting kicked out. And what was it? The first quarter for demonstrating um, what happened by nudging the referee with his helmet. I mean, come on. You just can't do that. The ref did flop a little bit. Let's be fair and accountable. He did the, I, but I mean, come on, dude. You, he acted like he was under attack. He threw that flag. He threw that flag. Like someone was breaking into his home. And can you explain to me two things? One, which one is dumber? You're having a rough first half offensively. You get the ball deep in your opponent's territory with a minute and five left to go in the half. You throw the ball three times in a row. Twice you take it on the second down, you take a shot down the field on the third, on the third down, you don't even shoot for the sticks. You check down and you incomplete pass, which allows the opponent to get the ball back and score. Oh yeah. By the way, they get the ball back to score in the second half. So 14 point swing. Is that dumb or what's dumber? The way Mitch Trubisky was playing, you're up 10 and you move the ball down the field. You get it to about midfield, and you decide to go for a 55-yard field goal instead of pinning Mitch Trubisky back and making him go the length of the field. Which one is dumber, my friend? Because it just blew my mind that Matt Patricia had the balls to kick that field goal when, honestly, just make Trubisky work. Make him go the length of the field over and over and over again consistently. Maybe he'll make a mistake. Why are you kicking that field goal there? Yeah, that seemed like two coaches that are a little bit unproven at this point in their careers outdumbing one another. And when I was watching it as a Bears fan, as I'm watching these three consecutive incompletions, thinking, I thought we had we had momentum. We had some momentum, you know, like maybe something's good good is gonna come out of this, or maybe you just eat a little time off the clock and go to halftime. But what happened was absolutely atrocious. But I gotta give the bigger dummy award to to patricia on this because you hit the you hit it man when you're saying that trubisky had no rhythm this offense there's no way they can go the length of the field you got the 10 point lead i say go ahead and put the pressure on them you know just go ahead and see what can happen and and i think you really that was a bonehead bonehead call by patricia but i don't think either of these coaches called a flawless game by any means yeah, the way that game was going, yeah, put the ball in Trubisky's hands, see if he makes a mistake, and if they get another three and out, you might have the ball back closer than where you ended with. I mean, what are you, what are you doing here? Going for a 55-yard field goal, the, the nail in the coffin midway through, what was it, like the third early part of the fourth quarter, just didn't make any sense to me. You know, I knocked Nagy for that, for that decision at the end of the half, and I think rightfully so, got a little too arrogant with what we were working with here. You know, you don't unleash Mitch Trubisky. Uh, on a defense when he's playing like that with a minute to go. But I do want to give him some credit, and I want to ask you about this. I listened to his post-game presser, and, you know, I'm big about listening to coach speak and what they say and what they don't say. And when the topic of Mitch Trubisky came up, I was so ready for Matt Nagy to be like, he put the team on our shoulders. You know, this was a big win for Mitch. Everyone's doubting him. He was so great. He was so amazing. Matt Nagy was not like that. Gave him props for executing in the final moments. 
but he seemed pretty ticked off that they did not play a complete football game. Kept talking about how sloppy things were, about how unacceptable the third down conversion situation was. And it wasn't like that he was knocking Trubisky, but he wasn't building him up either too much, which I think is a departure from the past. Do you sort of feel the same way? I mean, it's so great that he came back in the fourth and showed us what he's capable of, and he's definitely the starter next week, all that good stuff. But, man, so much to learn and so much to grow from, you know, just what transpired in those first three quarters. I think that the thing to take away from that is that Mitch is no longer a second-year quarterback. This isn't the f- this isn't 2018 anymore when, you know, you've got this new quarterback, new system, new head coach, and you're just, hey, man, look what we did. We came back and we won, and that's great. Mitch Trubisky is in the fight for his career at this point, and the Lions are a game that we can win, and we did win. And all, although we the Bears may have been the underdogs, this that that is a game that they need to view as a win, and I think that that was it was shown why because they're a beatable team, and the Bears should have put the game away early. They should have been able to to control that first half. They had the running game going. They were able to contain the Lions for the most part. And there were just missed opportunities. There were missed opportunities all over the board. They had Bears fans in complete and total agony through the first three quarters of this game. There were chances that just good quarterbacks, good teams don't miss. And I think the Bears think that they're a good team, which is the attitude that you have to have if you want to if you want to have a career in this league, if you want to be able to sustain success. And Matt Nagy knows that. And so now we're getting past that narrative of, Hey, look what we were able to do. It's not really about that anymore. We're in, this is not about this is not supposed to be a developmental year. This is not a developmental team. They have the, a lot of great players that are, you know, older in their career. This is a team that is trying to make a big jump, make a big push. They want to compete at the highest level. So we're not out here looking and looking for and chalking up to moral victories. That they, they got to go out and win real games and. You know, as great as it was that Mitch played very well in the fourth quarter and that the Bears played very well in the fourth quarter, that overall performance is not going to get it done. You have to seize opportunities or you'll lose football games. It's pretty simple. Just ask DeAndre Swift, or as I call him, Sift Hands. Do you like that? Trademark, 2020, Believe in Bears. Send the checks (laughs) to Cameron Lee in Danville, Illinois. And it's that simple, right? And I think those were games and those were moments that we lost last year. I think it's time to maybe get into a little bit more of some of the criticism, some of the things that we didn't like about the game. Cameron, if you could give the defensive line a grade for the game, what grade would you give it? Was it, you know, were the Detroit Lions offensive line doing okay, or would you like to see a lot more from that pass rush? I am very disappointed. I, I gassed up this group. I said if there's one thing that the Chicago Bears can count on, it'd be their pass rush. And granted, we didn't see Robert Quinn, and granted that they're playing with John Jenkins and Blal Nichols and not the not Eddie Goldman, but this team that up front looked bad. And I'm, I, you know, you got to call it like you see it. They they were a C. If I had to put a grade on it, they I would give them a C minus because I thought that if there was anything that we could count on, anything that would be consistent, it would just be their ability to bust up this offensive line that was even injured. They were they were dealing with injuries this week that we didn't even know about. I mean, they really handled the Bears all day up front. Uh, Akeem, Akeem Hicks did not have the impact that I was expecting. So, well, uh, that's my first, uh, my first uh, I guess, dive into the world of making predictions. So, my bad. I guess I'll get better. So, he, he did not have the game. So, big shout-out to Jonah Jackson. But Khalil Mack did not have the impact nearly that I anticipated. They weren't really very, all that effective in the run game. They certainly didn't get to the quarterback, but the 
I believe they had Akeem ended up with a one sack on the flushed out play where where Stafford was rolling out to his right. So I mean, it's not even it's barely a sack. No no disrespect, but I'm just saying I was just really disappointed and 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 they didn't play terrible. They, they weren't it wasn't an F. But if there's one thing that this team holds their can hang their hat on, it's I personally believe in that front, and I just don't know that uh, that this was a a standard. Uh, their their performance didn't meet that standard of the Chicago Bears that we all expect. We have to expect more, right? I mean, the gap control with the linebackers seemed pretty non-existent. The defensive line, I mean, Stafford looked like he had that brand new Week One jersey on for most of that game. They didn't really hit him or get him off his spot really at all. It wasn't even like he was making quick decisions either. He had decent time to find guys down the field. And there were moments where the Lions put together some pretty clean slice and dice drives on us that were really, really frustrating. Of course, that Bears defense, though, did find a way to get a turnover. That beautiful ball popped right up in the air. And Kyle Fuller, I thought our cornerbacks actually played a pretty decent game. I saw Buster Screen out there making plays. Jalen Johnson got his hand on a couple balls, even though it looked like he got absolutely trucked by Marvin Jones on one of the plays. And Kyle Fuller comes down with the interception. But I definitely think the eye on maybe next week, and this could be something we'll be talking about in our preview versus the Giants, is that defensive line, they got to get some hits on the quarterback. They got to come down with sacks because that really makes – it really just changes the complexion of everything that they're doing. Yeah, they they didn't generate really any force and uh, and pressure on on Matt Stafford. He had time all day. You really you said that, and 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 that's completely true. He didn't seem to have, you know, that's one of the things that I noticed almost in making the the comparison between the way Stafford played and the way Trubisky played early on. Neither of them was under pressure. the The Bears' offensive line played well. The Lions weren't really able to get home all that often. The Bears weren't able to get home all that often. But sitting in the pocket, watching them, watching Matt Stafford go through his progression, watching him be calm, under control, watching Mitch be scared, uh, you know, seeming nervous, deer in the headlights, if you will, that was one of the big things that I noticed. And, you know, I, I think the Bears count so heavily, so much on their ability to get into uh, the quarterback's face, to condense the pocket, to make those decisions harder, and to make them throw balls that aren't, you know, obviously aren't where they need to be. And that's how that defensive secondary thrives so much. The defensive secondary was by far and away the better group today. And and they played very well. They balled out. And obviously not having Kenny Galladay helps them and, and, and gives them fewer options to go to. But I was really impressed, though, with the secondary. Love the way they played. Love watching Jalen Johnson out there. He seems to be worth all the hype. And, and I think that, that that unit played great and – you know, maybe won us the game today. Yeah, played a pretty clean game and definitely something hopefully that we can be building on in the future. But again, that secondary is going to be predicated on getting that pass rush, you know, them getting home. And I will say this, another moment where, you know, in 2018, we're 12 and four. We talked about it last year. We're eight and eight. But you know what? That eight and eight team, you know, that that eight and eight team had no quit in them. They always kept fighting. We were down 23 to six in this game. And somehow we're able to make enough plays. You know, that defense was able to sort of shore itself up just a little bit, hold them down, pin them down, give them some, give the offense at least some opportunities to even attempt to make a comeback, which they were able to achieve today. And, you know, it's just a little bit of another feather in Matt Nagy's cap that this group of players that he has once again is just showing that you're never really out of the game with them. When you talk about a, a team and, and sort of the characteristics and the mindset that you need to have to win, 
sometimes it's more important to have those intangible things like how much dog do the does a team have in them and, and they very seem to have that they don't have that quitting gene they've got good culture they've got good players that that buy in and then have that attitude and kind of been through these experiences before and sometimes that's as just as important as having the right talent or the right scheme so you got to appreciate that that's something that you can always count on is that the bears aren't going to give up they're going to continue to fight and that's going to keep them in games like this where sometimes you know, most teams would have already packed it in and, and called it quits and said, all right, let's we'll focus on the Giants. The Bears didn't do that this week, and I think that's a major thing that we can take away and a major thing that we can continue to to look forward, you know, having that, having that, I guess, characteristic, if, if you will. But you don't want to have to lean on that. That's something you want to have in your back pocket and say, hey, if our backs are against the wall, I still like our chances because our guys will be there. They're not going to give up. They're going to keep fighting. But we don't want to have our backs against the wall week one against the Lions. The question now is, do we have a third down conversion gene? Can we somehow figure that out? You know, we talked on the last pod in our preview, you know, some of the keys that we talked about were, you know, the plays, the efficiency on second down, because you wanted to keep Trubisky in third and short situations. 0 for 7 on their first, you know, first seven tries. First time that's happened to a Bears team since 2017. Cameron, it looked like to me that they were in a lot of third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, third and ten situations, not necessarily predicated to help out Trubisky in those situations. What did you see in those moments? You know, a lot of this, some of this goes on Trubisky, right, because he was throwing short of the sticks. But, you know, what do you attribute this to? It can't all just be on Trubisky of why we couldn't convert on third down today. Well, I think it starts with the play before that. A lot of it does. When we talked on the on the previous podcast about the follow-up, if you will, and sometimes they're getting that first down run. They're gaining two, three yards. Maybe they're getting four yards. But when it comes down to second down, they're not executing. They're not executing that follow-up play, whether that be you know, missing that next pass or coming out and trying to do something a little bit too tricky, trying to scheme it up or dial something up a little bit too much. Sometimes it, you just you got to just take what you can get and play these more manageable situations and continue to put your quarterback in situations where we know he can, can can succeed. We don't want him to have to make the the toughest pass. We don't want to have to put him under too much pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Maybe for, for funsies, just, you know, get some first downs on second down. You know, get yourself out of those situations. Is that an option? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. I've seen NFL teams have attempted it before, but I'm not quite sure we're ready to necessarily try that out. That's a big part of it, though. If they're unable to generate these gash on plays, if they're unable to create, you know, take shots and and throw good balls down the field more than 10 yards in the first, second, and third quarters, you know, then we're going to be in trouble because those were throws that were just not being executed early on at all. You know, those shot plays, those attempts at first downs, and and moving the chains and all that it didn't happen it just it plainly did not happen we got a little more ground to cover here on this big bears week one 27 23 win over the lions darnell mooney flashed a little bit today that was one of your picks to click and excellent call you know i i think his first in, uh reception was right in the middle of the field there wide open for i think 18 19 yards really nice i think he finished with 38 receiving yards on the day liked what i saw from darnell mooney definitely he came in provided a nice change of pace very fast, very explosive. He's going to be a big weapon. I think I like what we're seeing from Mooney. He's going to be someone that we can put in there and and might pop a big play. But if he gets two catches and ends up with almost 40 yards, you know, those are those explosive plays that we don't see a ton of right now. And I 
anyone that can do that, that Mitch can hit, that's we need more of that right now in this Bears offense. It'll be interesting to see moving forward, too, because we're always highlighting Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, Jimmy Graham. But I think each week, I think one of those sneaky little X factors will be who's going to step up from that group of Darnell Mooney, Javon Wims today caught a touchdown, you know, Riley Ridley, Ted Ginn, who of these guys will step in per week and make those, you know, those just those little plays there, those little contributions that keep the sticks moving and can at least keep a defense guessing a little bit. Allen Robinson's of the world, those are the established ones we know to cover that. And Anthony Miller, he's going to continue to see more and more of, of, better coverage from other teams. It's the guys that can step in and make big plays when the attention is not going to be on them because obviously these bigger these bigger targets, these bigger, more established players are gonna are gonna draw more of the defense's eyes. So who can step up and make the big plays and take some of the pressure off Mitch rather than having to force it into these tight little spaces, who can make the easy play to get this team in a rhythm? Football is finally here, so it's time to debut our very first Cam's gold star uh listeners if you come up with a better name let me know but cameron each week is going to give out a gold star to one offensive lineman on the bears maybe it could be a smiley face it could be a thumbs up it could be one of those puke stickers if you want to but i think it's a gold star this week if you could give it to one offensive lineman who would you give it to i gotta go with jermaine effetti the new guy in the room Stepping in, playing in that right guard position. This offense, this entire offensive line played really well. I like the way they were able to generate a, a drive and a push up front. I like the way that they were able to control the line of scrimmage. Ha, being the new guy in the group, I, I thought that they were able to move the ball really well. Got good push, moved defensive linemen off the line of scrimmage. You didn't see a ton of of the Lions making you know early contact. Bears are running downfield, and I think that Fetty had a big had a big impact in that. I loved watching them uh, uh, run the ball off tackle and up inside holes. They're just just a just a great job getting to the second level. I thought Jermaine Eddie being sort of the new guy contributing to this group, getting the run game established. I thought he played really well, and so he's going to get the first gold star. And again, no penalties, no false starts, no confusion, just running a clean professional unit, at least from the line of scrimmage from once the ball is hiked. It gives you a chance, Cameron, when you can play that game clean like that, at least gives you a chance to execute a play. Absolutely. And, and when they go out there and they're able to, you know, get those blocks, get this offense moving, get the, get the ball rolling. But they gave David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson, they gave them solid running lanes. Guys weren't getting touched until two, three, four yards downfield. And when you do that, I mean, you're going to be able to move the ball. It's going to open up so much. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned it. Play action. It's the Bears back, came baby. Out they ran some play action. They had some good – they schemed up some good stuff. I liked what we saw, and that doesn't work without an effective running game. And I think that their ability to run some of that zone, uh, the, the zone look and, and, and some of the motions that they were able to create, they drew a lot of defensive attention, and they're going to they're gonna start to hit on some of this stuff, and, and, and it's going to pop. I, I'm buying it. Uh, we saw it in the fourth quarter. I'm, I'm all in. The first time they ran it, I sneezed because the dust that came off the play action just kind of wafted into my face, and I had to sort of just clear it. My eyes got watery for a second because you're right. Last year, it was just it was just a non-factor. just couldn't even do it. wasn't fooling anybody, and, man, that really opens up everything, right? Not just it gives Trubisky a clean pocket, 
maybe bring some linebackers in and get some one-on-one situations that he can diagnose, but also, also helps him kind of break out and maybe go break out of the pocket and maybe go for a run or find a receiver open and more of that, please. That would be really, really nice. What would you say to Mitch Trubisky? You know, if you were a teammate of his or a friend of his, you know, obviously you're super happy about the fourth quarter. You know, what, what do you guys like, what do you think you're really working on in practice this week? What are you drilling in on? For him right now, it's just confidence. It is 100% confidence because when he doesn't seem confident, he reverts to bad technique, bad fundamentals. We've seen it. We have seen him execute. We have seen him step up, be a leader, lead a fourth quarter comeback, take a team to the playoffs, be a pro bowler. I mean, we've seen these things. He may not be on the Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson level, but he's a competent quarterback, 100%. And so for him, this is really just a matter of stepping up and using proper technique, feeling confident in, in the pocket, not relying on your legs, but using them when the time is right, and just doing it over and over again. It's just consistency. You know, I played golf this morning, Joey. I'm not a golfer, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to golf. And he's a lot kind of like me, you know? Every now and then you, you hit a shot, you hit a tee shot and you just feel like, wow, this is why we play. That was nice. I feel it. And then, you know, from, you know, shot number two, I hit it four, five yards, four or five yards. And then I got to do it again and do it again. And then like the third or fourth shot from there, I'm putting it on the green, but it's just the small little hiccups in between each and every time where you're like, man, you have good stuff. You do. It's just ironing out, ironing out those stupid mistakes in between and his stupid mistakes are just throwing off the back foot to the right receiver but just missing him or under throwing a guy you know what i loved about watching matt stafford play because matt stafford is he the best quarterback in the league no probably not but he's he's up there and he's a he's just a professional quarterback he's just someone that was competent and competitive and just does things the right way when matt stafford was throwing incompletions he was throwing the ball out of bounds he was throwing it where no one's catching it you know when when mitch was throwing incompletions early on today he's under throwing guys he's throwing the ball into coverage he's throwing the ball in danger and what do we keep talking about mitigating risk mitigating risk doing things minimizing the mistakes just take care of the ball be that game manager if you will we just need to see those sorts of things get done because the talent is there the upside is there the ability to do things with your legs it's there we've seen it but how can we improve on the technique this week, improve on the confidence this week, make sure that when we roll in to, to week two and we play the New York Giants that we know that we're getting that guy that we saw in the fourth quarter. That's it. From a golf perspective, it's like play complete holes, right? You know what I mean? Shot to shot. Just try and play a complete hole. Try and avoid the snowman, which is the eight in golf for those of you that don't know avoid the eight. i've seen a te- I, I, I hit a couple i've had a couple tens yeah trubisky's had a couple tens too as well and for god's sakes when you have a six foot putt you just got to make your six foot putts aka when you're throwing to cole Komet right there you know you got to cash in on that stuff that stuff is just way too easy good news is as you mentioned we're gonna find out the giants defense tomorrow night is still just as bad as it was last year i think it could be in line for trubisky to have another feel-good matchup in front of him which is good because if you think that, you know, beyond the X's and O's, confidence might be the biggest thing that Trubisky probably has to gain, playing a team like the Giants might help. 
Absolutely. And that's why we were talking about when we kind of made our predictions and said, what sort of a leash do you give Mitch Trubisky? We're expecting him and this team to win some of these, a couple of these first four games. They've already gone out and, and beaten the Lions and we can beat the Giants. And, you know, these are two not great defenses. These are not great defenses. These are the games that we expect you to come out and win and to show us that you've made those improvements that, you know, that, that we've been fed the stories of that, that you made, you know, and that's what all we had to go off of through camp was your word uh, of the coaches and the few reporters that were able to see the, the limited practices. That's all we've had. So at this point, how can we know that with consistency, you can go out there and give us more of what we saw in the fourth quarter. And look, I just had a big gulp of Kool-Aid, okay? But look at it also like this. They're playing the Giants next week. The week after, they're playing the Colts. That absolutely just gave up that game to the Jaguars today as Phillip Rivers threw two picks, and just their offense didn't look super great. The week after that, they play the Falcons, who just gave up 38 points to the Seahawks. And then after that, they play Tampa Bay, who just gave up 34 points to the New Orleans Saints. So world-beater defenses down the road uh, are not in the cards right now, at least for the next month. This is a great opportunity right here for the Bears to get off a really good start, and obviously they did, got off to a really good start this week with an improbable comeback. This roller coaster of emotions that I went on today, I can't do this every single week. I can't have to take showers at halftime. You know, I've got I've got a family to think about and to look out for. So, Mitch, get it together, bro, because I, I I I can't do fourth quarter Mitch every single week, man. My wife was so sweet, and I love her because by the second quarter, she could already tell in my face that there was a tenseness going on mm -hmm. and that there was a blood pressure issue going on with me. And so she made me a delicious sunny-side-up egg with cheese and a bagel on it to kind of calm my nerves a little bit. And I rallied, but I'm with you, man. Every single week, it can't exactly be like this, but I'm just so happy that it's back. And what a way to reintroduce Bears football back into my life. And with a win like that, you know, just tell me, you know, week one football all day. It was pretty awesome, man. I had a great day today. It was great to have football back. It was awesome to sit on the couch and just take it all in. There was a lot of good football being played. Some, some fun stuff. I enjoyed the new sort of uh, scoreboard graphic on Fox. I don't know if you, pay attention to stupid things like this. It reminded me of like, it reminded me of playing video games and like they kick a field goal and it said like plus three and then it showed up on the, on the score. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was cool. The, was it the CGI fans uh, at Ford field though? I, that, uh, that I could do no. without firm that no. I could do without. Yeah. yeah. That I'm, I'm, I'm definitely out on that. It seemed like for a second, there was a CGI Matt Patricia down there. Cause uh, it just <laughs> it seemed like he had, he had lost his, his mind for a second there and just texting with some lions friends today and some of the good people that, you know, have been coming on the pods of the blue podcast network. They are not surprised that the lions uh, cough that sucker up and we are happy to oblige them in continuing their pain just for another week. The bears are want to know. I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to underreact. I'm just going to react. I'm feeling, feeling good that we won. And we have a winnable game out in front of us. I say celebrate responsibly, and yeah, let's let's just come ready to play next week. That's what I'm that's what I'm telling this team. You know, there was definitely stuff to be improved upon, but you won the game. Ultimately, you found a way. The Bears are going to continue to try and find ways to win. 
I'm with you, man. I'm just seeing it as opportunity now. We we kind of squeaked one out. We got a W. We're one and zero. So now I just really see an opportunity where I hope that they treat practice this week as if they lost, because I think that there's a lot of co- to correct. I think hopefully that Bears defense comes back next week absolutely pissed off, and hoping we can get a little bit more of a four quarter balance effort from our offense and maybe make those incremental steps there. And I hope they come out with uh, with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. But if not. We'll take fourth quarter Michigan all day, all day in my dreams. After I watched flatliners, uh, we opened up a portal into something special today and he delivered. And if you started him in fantasy for all those people that were making fun of you all week for starting Mr. Bisky in fantasy, you have the last laugh. You got the last laugh. You know, we're just taking this thing one day at a time, one day at a time. One win at a time, 27-23. The Bears come back with 21 fourth quarter points against the Lions. Two win. They are 1-0. and Cameron, this was our first recap here on Believe in Bears, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Super fun episode, super great game. We got plenty more because the Giants are coming up next. Why don't you take us home on a Bears victory Sunday? You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you continue to listen to us. Go ahead and drop us a like, five-star review. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, bear down, Chicago Bears. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.